Well, uh, can I just echo uh, what Joe said as a welcome to those of you who don't normally come to the church, um, who've come today um, because you're friends or family of someone who's getting baptised. We're absolutely delighted that you're here. Um, for whatever reason that you've come to the church today, and wherever you've come and wherever you've come from, we're just thrilled that you'd come to church and be at church with us this Sunday. Thank you for coming to witness this significant event in the lives of three people who are part of our church community. Um, But it's a a significant event in the life of the whole church community because it's a sign that things are changing. Baptism is all about transformation. It's an outward sign of something that's going on inside, a sign that things are changing, and we're about change. In a good way, we're about change. So whether you call yourself a believer or not, I just want to share for just a few minutes about what exactly is going to be happening today and why. Um, I hope that what I say is clear and helpful, whether or not you're somebody who calls yourself a Christian um, or or not. Um, I don't know... uh, For those of you who are here for the first time, um, or perhaps others of you when you did come for the first time, I don't know what your first or initial expectations were of Winchester Vineyard Church. Um, It doesn't look much, does it, really? (laughs) Um, Depending on what your previous experience is, you might think, Vineyard? What kind of church is that? That sounds like an unusual name. In my old church in Birmingham, we didn't have a building like this. We just had an office. The office was above, um, on, on the first floor of a uh, window, a, a double glazing company. So it was a pretty odd place to have a church office. And so all there was was a little sign on the door that said South Birmingham Vineyard. And people used to come to the door with packages, delivery men, and they'd come and they'd say, you know, here you are, here's your package, sign for your package. So what are you anyway? Vineyard, what is that? Are you a wine warehouse? We've been called many things in our time. Again, depending on your experience, you might look at this building and think, wow, we're in the most historic and beautiful city in the country. There are some amazing and wonderful and beautiful old church buildings here. What's this church that meets in a converted bus warehouse on an unremarkable industrial estate on the edge of town? Down a road that people only tend to go down, usually if they're parking their car or going to the dump. So, you you know, I, I don't know what your expectations were when you came here. And lastly... I don't know what you expected would happen when you actually came in the door and met, and met us here. Depending on what your previous experience of going to church is, maybe you expected it to be very formal and very solemn. Maybe you thought we'd all be wearing suits or robes and we'd be very quiet and traditional. Alternatively, um, if you'd got wind of something, maybe you thought that we'd all be wearing Hawaiian shirts and sandals and we'd be all very sort of happy clappy. Maybe a little bit emotional, a little on the weird side. Maybe you still think that, I I don't know. Um, The truth is that uh, the style of our church, it's an important part of who we are, but it's only the style. The substance of what we do here is what really counts. And the substance here is Jesus. And you've already probably picked that up through the songs and the prayers we are all about Jesus here. And as I say on our website, as we say, we, are, we exist to get to know Jesus better and bring hope and life into our communities. We believe Jesus is so worth knowing that what we try and do is remove as much, it's not always possible, but we try and remove as much of the cultural baggage as possible that Christians have attached to him. We're still working on that a bit, but we try so that we can just focus on his story, on his love, 
on his life, his teaching, his power. We're, we're just a church of very real, normal, everyday people who are being transformed by Jesus. And we're trying to get to know him better. And we're, we know that we have hope and life to share. His hope and life, not our own, his. We know that everywhere we look in the world around us, people are struggling. People are desperate. People are in need of good news. People are in pain. So many people need practical help, peace, perhaps physical or emotional healing, perhaps a miracle. And as followers of Jesus, we know that we're called to partner with him in bringing that hope, love, peace, power, help into everyday people's situations. Be that at work or in our community, in our home, in our family, at the school gate, in the office, wherever it is that we find ourselves. And we're seeing God at work all around us. You've just heard two great stories of healing on the streets, but we're often meeting people. I'm often meeting people here in church, and, those, and we're often people meeting, meeting people in the community who are asking the big questions, who are looking around them and going, what? Is there something more to my life? Is there a spiritual dimension to life? And people are choosing to follow Jesus and experiencing his life and love. That's what the baptism service today is one expression of what God is doing. It's why we're really excited. So if you're here for the baptisms, you're particularly welcome. But whoever you are and wherever you're here, it's wonderful that you um, are, uh, have come and are hanging out with us today. I just want to take a minute or two to explain what's actually going on when we baptise people. You see, it's one of the two standing orders, commands, that Jesus left his disciples with. One was communion, where we share bread and wine and remember Jesus' death on the cross. And one was baptism. These are the two instructions that Jesus said, anybody who follows me needs to do this. Okay, Not because you know he liked giving us sort of weird, odd practices that made us look a bit funny, but actually because they both have deep symbolic spiritual significance and we're not focusing on communion today we're focusing on baptism you see baptism the word baptism comes from the greek word baptizo which means to dip repeatedly to submerge to dunk or deluge or saturate and it actually the word originates um, from before the time of jesus it comes from a greek poet and physician called nicander who basically was all about um, pickling vegetables um Nicander writes in 200 BC that in order to make a pickled vegetable, there's two things you have to do. First, you have to dip it. He uses the word bapto. Dip it in boiling water. And then you have to submerge it in vinegar solution. I, personally, I'm not really into pickled onions, but those of you who are will know what I'm talking about. Both verbs concern the immersing of vegetables in solution, but the first is temporary, whereas the second is permanent. The second, the act of baptizing something produces a permanent change. So baptizing is something that's both total and transformational. It's a great metaphor and possibly the reason why Jesus uses that because the Bible teaches that Christian baptism is both total and transformational. And Jesus himself was baptized at the start of his career. And uh, he commanded his followers to be baptised and to baptise all who followed, all who chose to become his disciples. And followers of Jesus have been doing this ever since for the last 2,000 or so years. We read lots of examples in the New Testament of people who encountered God, made a change in their lives and were consequently baptised. Many of us here will have been baptised as a symbolic act 
that we've chosen to wholeheartedly and unreservedly give our whole life over to Jesus Christ. That he is the Lord, that he is in charge, he is the boss, as we were saying earlier. I did that myself when I was 16, that's a choice I made. Many of you may have as well. And if you have, then a little bit later on, I'm going to give you an opportunity, if you'd like to, it's totally optional, to restate the promises or the vows that you might have made uh, at your baptism, to, to reaffirm your faith in Jesus. You see, it's a symbolic act which reflects a change that goes on in a person on the inside as they turn their life over to God. This change has already happened and is already happening, but the act of baptism is what kind of turns it outwards, makes it public. And that's what our three um, friends are going to do this morning. They're going to make that public declaration. And they're going to say these vows, and maybe you'd like to join in with them. I'll give you all a chance to do this later. They're just going to say that they turn their back on evil. They repent of their sin, that they look to Jesus as Lord and Saviour, and wholeheartedly choose to follow him. That's what they're going to say. You see, baptism is a declaration of our faith. It's a little bit like a wedding. At a wedding, what happens is an outward sign of an already happening inward transformation. You see, you don't usually marry someone unless a change has taken place in your relationship with them or begun to take place. You don't get baptised unless a change has taken place in your relationship with God or is ongoing changing taking place. Sometimes that's a quick process, sometimes it takes days, weeks, sometimes it's months and years. Discipleship following Jesus can be really dramatic, but more often than not it's quite gradual. Actually, we used to say to um, the children that we worked with and ministered to, it isn't enough just to choose to follow Jesus once. You have to choose to follow Jesus every day. I mean, the, the first time is special and it's important. But actually, discipleship is an ongoing process. So for some of those who are getting baptized today have been believers for some years. But for, what, for one reason or another, haven't taken this step yet. And that's okay. Because each of them recently on their journey with God has felt the prompting of God to take this public step. So let me take a minute to explain what this change is all about. I've talked about this being a sign of change. Well, what change? For people who believe in Jesus and follow Jesus, the change is all about what happens when we encounter him, his incredible love for us, for us and all that he did on the cross to pay for our sin and to bring us closer to God. That's a central and fundamental truth of the Christian faith. And each of us has the opportunity to respond to that truth and make it personal. What do I mean by the word sin? The Bible uses the word sin to describe everything that we do that doesn't match up to God's standards. You see, if you've got over the first hurdle of believing that there is a God and that he exists as an ultimate being who's above and beyond all of us, then it stands to reason that he would have high standards. And his standards would be above and beyond ours too. And so therefore, the Bible teaches that by comparison, all of us have fallen short of that standard. You only have to look around you and see what a mess the world is in to realise that we've not really done a great job of matching up to God's standards. Most of us can't even live up to the standards we set ourselves, if we're honest, let alone God's ultimate standards. And however good we think we are, and however much we try to live a good life, 
Compared with God's ultimate standards, the truth is we've all failed. Some of us more publicly than others. But that's the heart of it. And the Bible tells us that that sin ultimately leads to death. And in our own strength, we, we just cannot get over that mess. We can't get ourselves out of this. The Old Testament tells stories again and again of how the people of God have tried and failed to get out of the mess that they've got themselves in. And that's why God sends Jesus. That's why the Easter story, Jesus dying on the cross and coming back to life, that again we've already sung about this morning, is so central and so important. Because God did the only thing that he could do to rescue us which was to send Jesus, not as a victorious, revolutionary, rah-rah leader, but as a humble servant to die a criminal's death on a pretty brutal cross based on made-up charges and a sentence that he, at the time he just didn't deserve. So, I mean, th- these, these facts are fairly undisputable. That's what the history books tell us is true. The big question is Why? And the Bible tells us why. The Bible tells us it's because this is all part of God's big story. That Despite sin being so universal, something that we're all caught in and miserable, it's also utterly and completely forgivable. And that in his humanly horrible death and his amazing, powerful resurrection, Jesus actually did something so selfless and glorious on behalf of each one of us, that he took our punishment, he paid our price, he swapped his score with ours and dealt with our sin. And that's why the cross, where Jesus died, is such a powerful and universal symbol of Christian faith. It represents love and death, power and life. His love for us, God's love for us, Jesus' death, God's power and our life. Through grace that we don't deserve, that we can't earn, that we can only receive. Love which is available for every one of us. So be, Christians are simply people who've acknowledged and understood that truth and decided to do something about it. As believers, we've decided that we just don't want to do this life on our own anymore, that we can't make it happen in our own strength, that we can't make the grade or achieve the score or achieve the status. Christians are people who've done the opposite. Christians are people who've realised that the only way to do life is with Jesus, accepting his love and grace, acknowledging our own weakness and partnering with him to do life. I don't know if this is a good analogy or not, but it came to mind this morning. How many of you have seen the film When Harry Met Sally? Okay, there's a line in When Harry Met Sally. I'm not thinking of the scene that you're thinking of. Okay, that's for another talk, another time. Okay, there's a line in When Harry Met Sally when Harry and Sally are sort of, sort of tr- trying to work out whether their relationship is on or off, on or off, on or off. And there's a great scene where they, they have these two friends who are a couple. And the couple are in bed together and... Um, one of them talks to Harry on the phone and one of them talks to Sally on the phone and they have this funny four-way conversation, very, very well edited. They have this funny four-way conversation. He said this, he did what, what, they, what, what's happening? I don't know. Does he mean it? I don't know. What's happening? I don't know. And they both put the phones down. This couple turns to each other, they look at each other and they say, promise me I'll never have to be out there again. And I was thinking about that and how in the case of our relationship with God, the truth is we never have to be out there again. 
I was listening to a song this morning, quite a new worship song that was on while I was um, getting ready. And the words were, I'm never alone. You found me. I've made up my mind I'm never going back. I've made up my mind I'm never going back. I mean, why would you? Why would you want to go back when you realize that you've met the only person who is really going to help make life work? That's Jesus. That's what we're celebrating today. And maybe that's something that you might want to explore a bit more today. Maybe you've never seriously considered life in Jesus and the hope that he brings and how that would change everything for the good. He brings hope and healing and life and love and so do his people. And baptism is about us identifying in water what Jesus did for real. It's about going down through death and coming up through life. There's just a short passage that I'll read to you in the book of Romans in the New Testament. Um, You can look it up if you like, but I'm going to read a version called The Message, which is a contemporary version. It's just Romans chapter 6 and verses 3 to 5. And it's called, the subheading is, When Death Becomes Life. And Paul, who's the guy, the Apostle Paul, St. Paul, who wrote this, says this. this ba- that's what baptism in the life of Jesus means. He says, when we are lowered into the water, it's like the burial of Jesus. And when we are raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father, so that we can see where we're going in our new grace-sovereign country. So the act of baptism, and this is why Jesus instructed us to do it. Because every time you see, cause, cause the image is worth a thousand words, and every time you see it, it reminds you of just what's gone on here. Everyone who gets baptised is going down, is going down into the water, is getting rid of their old life, is turning their back on evil and turning their back on their old world, and coming up and saying, no, I want this new world. And that's a decision they've already made, but this public expression of it is a significant and key moment. The act of baptism is about identifying with Jesus' death, Jesus' burial, and his resurrection. Jesus defeated sin and death when he rose from the dead. He defeated Satan. He defeated evil. He defeated the enemy when he came out of the grave. And baptism is the symbolic expression of our death to sin and the burying of our old life. Those of you who've been around the church a bit will have seen this diagram before. It's something that Brian put together a while ago. It's a little bit of a sort of road map. It probably takes a bit of explaining, and I'm not going to do that now. But this is what happens on our journey as Christians, according to the Bible. We're created, we're born, we die with Christ, we're buried with Christ. Oh, I missed it. You can't see it because of the colour, but very, very faintly in blue, there's a little guy in there. And we're raised with Christ. I'm almost done, and we're going to hear testimony from a couple of the folks who are going to get baptised. We're going to hear their story. Just before I get to that, I want to just quote this. I read this this week. A brilliant writer called Max Licardo said this about baptism. He said, the human mind explaining baptism is like a harmonica interpreting the symphonies of Beethoven. The music is too majestic for the instrument. What's really going on here, the depth of what's going on, he went on to say this, baptism is like a precious jewel, this is Max Licardo, set apart by itself, it's nice and appealing, but has nothing within it to compel. 
and I've added in here, you can say that again, this is just an old bus inspection pit. Okay? There's nothing special about this tank. Okay? But place baptism against the backdrop of our sin and turn on the light of the cross, this is the cardo, and the jewel explodes with significance. Baptism at once reveals the beauty of the cross and the darkness of sin. As a stone has many facets, baptism has many sides. Cleansing, burial, resurrection, death of the old, the birth of the new. Just as the stone has no light within it, Baptism has no inherent power, but as the stone refracts the light into many colours, so baptism reveals the many facets of God's grace. This is what's happening symbolically for each of our three candidates today. They're identifying with Jesus' death, turning from their old life, turning from the past, and being raised with Christ. Does that mean that they are now perfect? No. Does it mean they're going to get everything right in the future? Sadly, no. At a wedding, do the bride and groom understand all of the implications of the vows they're making? Probably not. Do they know that they will f- every challenge or threat that they will face coming up? No. But they know that they love each other and they vow to be faithful to the end. And so, as Licardo says, when a willing believer enters the waters of baptism, that person, does she know the implications of that vow? Not all of them probably know. Does she know every temptation and challenge that she or he will face? No. But both know that the love of God and are responding to that. So it's not the act of baptism that saves us. We're already saved. The act of baptism symbolizes how we're saved. The invisible work of the Holy Spirit is visibly dramatized in the water. Isn't that great? So what I'm going to do in a few minutes, I'm going to ask them to make those vows, like I said. We'll come back to that. And as I said as well, I'm going to give all of you, and again, there's no pressure here. If this isn't where you're at, there's no problem with that. But if you'd like to, if this is somewhere that you've been already, if this is something you've done and a bit later on you'd like to repeat these vows for yourself as a sort of act of faith to stand alongside these guys, then we'll, we'll do that in a little bit. And there's no pressure. That is something you could do. Before we get to that, though... I would love to call up those who are going to be baptised. So where is Abby? Is Abby around? Are you going to come? Can I have that mic as well, please? So today we've got... Yeah, come on, Abby. Brilliant. Come stand up here. This is Abby. Say hello, everybody. Hello. <laughs> no, I was not them to say hello to you. Anyway, Abby, tell us why it is that you're going to be baptised today. Okay. Ever since I was, li- I was little, I've always known the children's Bible stories and known that Jesus loved me and how special I am to him. But it hasn't been until a few years ago that I've truly felt that I have a personal relationship with Jesus and that he's ongoing and never fails. I want to get baptised because I know that Jesus has always been with me through all the big and all the small things in my life. Can I help you there? And I love Jesus too much not to get baptised in his name. I know this is a decision that will change my life forever, and I know that God will be with me forever. Brilliant. Well said. Thank you. Take that. Brilliant. Minna. Isn't that wonderful? Thank you, Abby. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to hear from Minna in a minute. And then I'm also going to invite um, Abby and Minna and Helen just to come and make their vows 
uh, with everybody joining in. And then we'll have a short break and I'll explain what's going to happen practically because we're going to get the kids back in. In fact, now might be a good time to go and um, start fetching them down. Minna, come and, uh, come and share with us. This is Minna. Can you give Minna a big warm welcome, please? Go for it. That's fine. Go for it. <laughs> Um, I know I'm not meant to talk for too long, but I've got masses of stuff that's just bubbling up inside me um, that I have felt that I was meant to say. Um, I've been thinking long and hard about really why being baptised today. Um, uh, Why now? Um, And the truthful answer really was that um, uh, I've wanted to for years, um, but it's been easier not to. Um, Back in June, during the service here, God nudged me. Um, I felt him clearly saying, uh, stop sidestepping this minna. Um, uh, and I suddenly wanted to be obedient. Um, it was in that moment that it became important to be obedient, uh, obedient to what I felt he was asking me to do. Um, my family here today um, uh, undoubtedly know that probably obedience is not my strongest card. Um, and my lovely, gorgeous husband, who's here very kindly, um, probably never thought that he would celebrate what is our actual 29th wedding anniversary today. Um, awesome. Um, by being with me here um, uh, and um, uh, hearing me talking about being obedient. Um, But that was the start of it, Um, uh, and that really is my reason, that I just want to be obedient to what I felt God was saying. I I was lucky enough um, to be brought up in a family where both sets of grandparents and my mother and father had a vibrant, committed living faith. My mother's and father's faith had been made very personal to them through Billy Graham's message and preaching. Um, so I, it was that I grew up to know that Christ um, uh, was special to me, but I wanted a faith that was not a formality. Um, I wanted my faith to be a reality, not just a religion. Um, and I'm here today to take that next step in my journey with Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour. Um, what my baptism represents to me, um, other than my statement of obedience, is what came to my mind the other day was when, when I was thinking about how easy it is for our ego to get in the way of glorifying God. And in my mind, I just hurriedly struck through the word I. Um, And it was wonderful, if you picture it, as I actually took the pen in my mind and crossed out the word I, you see what happens. If you have the word I and you just cross it out, (laughs) um, in my head I cross it through and suddenly appears not I, but you, Christ, you. For the I becomes the cross. And And that's what I suddenly saw, um, and that's what I would like to cross through my eye. And to be the cross and see the cross. Um, now, the other thing, um, uh, I was encouraged last night by a friend of mine to actually tell you what happened yesterday because I had been cr- um, praying very much about what to say today, and um, I had asked God um, to give me a picture because I work better in pictures than um, than words, and I. And I um, I went off to, yesterday, it was the um, Alsford Agricultural Show, um, and God an- answered my prayer for a picture just so dramatically, um, and I'll just run through what happened. Um, uh, I run a mobile milkshake company called Moomix, um, and we were there, um, and um, I'd been working for a few hours with my team of girls, and um, I was physically flagging. I'd been up early and gone to bed late the night before, and... Um, 
So I rather naughtily ignored the queue for a moment and made myself the most delicious um, uh, smooth chocolate milkshake, which is my favourite. Um, and, um, and I quickly drank it and I put my mug up on the top of the highest fridge just for later. But it wasn't much later that I thought, gosh, that was so delicious. I'd like another one. Um, so again, slightly ignore, ignoring the queue, even though I had a girl there who I was training, um, <laughs> um, I reached up for my mug um, uh, and, and got it down and whoosh. I actually hadn't drunk the whole of my... It was a large, too. Not, not small, not mean. It was a large mug. I hadn't drunk it all. And um, so actually what I did was... I tipped half a mug of this dark brown um, chocolate milkshake over myself. Um, and I stood there dripping in dark brown milkshake, literally. Um, it was all in my hair, all over my face, all over my white Moomix t-shirt, uh, sorry, sweatshirt. So uh, it was everywhere. Um, and my immediate shock just turned to complete embarrassment. Um, and, and then I had a second to sort of know how to react. I mean, I just didn't really know what to say. I was in front of my staff. I was in front of the people in the queue. Um, uh, and, and I had to admit my sort of stupidity um, and then still dripping I actually had to ask for help because there's no mirror in our little cabin um, uh, and um, so they had to wipe me down actually I needed a bath um, and I felt pretty jolly silly uh, but they were all really sweet about it and actually we laughed a lot but it was later when I got home that I realised what a huge lesson that was actually and that that was what God gave me this picture um, that there are times um, when we behave in a way that's <coughs> selfish, like I was in a way, ignoring the queue and making myself um, the milkshake. Um, I had been stained by my chocolate milkshake. Um, but also we can feel stained by our behaviour. And when I got home, I actually found how far the milkshake had seeped into every nook and cranny. Not only was my hair still stiff with um, uh, um, the milkshake, but it was in my, in my watch strap. It was behind my earrings. It was, it was just everywhere. Um, uh, and our selfishness, I realised, can permeate far beyond what we would imagine and into areas we wouldn't expect. Um, but, um, and it had been the, fr uh, the action of my friends, their care and kindness, that had retrieved my composure um, and my morale too. Um, but I realised how much more does God's love and forgiveness heal us from our wrongdoings. So that was the answer to my prayer for a picture. It was not what I had really imagined. <laughs> Normally he gives me really nice, easy pictures. Um, but it was the best lesson. It really was about my baptism. Um, because I know without Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour, I cannot recover from the mess that I get into, often. I need my Saviour to save me. I need him to redeem my situation. I know I, I need to make a decision daily to repent and to follow him. But today, I've taken the decision to openly profess my faith to Jesus Christ by being baptised. Wonderful. Thank you, Minna. Wow. Wow. 
thank you, Minna. Thanks for that. That's that's just wonderful. We're also going to be um, baptizing Helen, and Helen, um, for various reasons, doesn't want to kind of um, speak publicly, but a, a similar kind of story, really, um, of just kind of God speaking to her and saying, "Now's the time. This is the place. Now's the time. This is a significant journey um, on your um, in your faith as well." So, look, what we're going to do practically is we're just going to take a couple of minutes because um, if your child is in Blaze or Ignite, they aren't actually anymore. They're just at the back there. Um, and what I'd love you to do is go and sign them out and then bring them back here. And also we'll clear uh, some of these chairs and we'll just make some space carefully um, so that anyone who wants to, children, and anybody else who wants to squeeze in can come and sit on the floor and sit around uh, the, 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 uh, the baptism pool. So we'll just take two or three minutes to sort that out um, and then we'll get back to you and go forward to the next bit. And uh, let me explain, just, just practically, this is what we're going to do, this is what's going to happen. So I'm going to invite all of these three um, to make these vows, and I'm going to invite anybody here who wants to, who feels that they can identify with this, to join in with that. So we're all going to say them together. So I'm going to say, do you turn your back on evil and repent of my sin? And you're going to reply, yes, I turn my back on evil and repent of my sin, etc. Once we've done that, we're going to baptise them. Now Abby's going to be baptised by uh, Dom, her dad, and Dave, her granddad. They're going to baptise her. It'll be Abby first, then it'll be Helen then it'll be um, Minna and uh, as each one goes down they'll take their time the, guy, the people who are baptised Brian and Joe are going to be baptising the other two the people who are baptising them will just say simply you know we baptise on your profession of faith we baptise you and then listen this is important this is important for everybody shh, 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 shh. so as they go down they'll go down as they come up we're just going to pause there just for a few seconds we're just going to pause and wait because at that point we're going to in a, we're going to we're just going to trust that God's going to speak and we're going to pray for the holy spirit to fill them and pray God's blessing on them now as that happens all of you who are watching those of you who know what I'm talking about okay if you sense God is giving you any words for them, anything to encourage them, anything that you'd like to share. Don't tell them then and there, but make a note. Either remember or write it down, okay? Because at that point, we trust that God's going to speak into their situation. And so as that happens, if you feel like God gives you anything to share, to encourage them, then at that point, we'll we'll just take a minute to wait, make a note, and then as they come out, they will go off and get changed. When all three are changed, we'll sing together. The guys will lead us in a song. And then we're going to gather all three of them at the front here. And we're just going to gather around and pray for them and pray God's blessing on them. And anything that you feel like God gives you to share with them, any encouragement, any sort of verse from the Bible or any picture or anything that you feel God says, you'll then have a chance to share that with them. So listen here, share there. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Yes, Nigel. Yes, Nigel. Fantastic. Okay. So you guys and whoever else wants to join in, I'm going to ask us to say these promises, say these vows together. So, um, Abby, Helen, Amina, and anybody here who wants to join in, do you turn your back on evil and repent of your sin? Yes. And repent of my sin. Okay, let's say it with a bit more gusto, shall we? Do you look to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? Yes. Wonderful. And do you wholeheartedly choose to follow him today and throughout your whole life? Oh, the answer is yes, I wholeheartedly choose to follow him today and through my whole life. It's a good job we don't do slick here, isn't it? Wonderful. Well, isn't that fantastic? So, Abby, can I invite you, along with your dad and your granddad, to come? Where are they? Oh, they're there. Come, squeeze your way through and uh, head down into the, into the tank. And... Uh, 
Hopefully everyone can see what's going on. Those of you who have got phones and things, don't let go of them, will you? (laughs) Wonderful. Okay. Okay, let's just wait there. And let's just be quiet and just pray. Holy Spirit, come. And anything that you want to share with Abby and anything you want to say to Abby. And all of us just be asking the Lord, what's he saying? Anything to share here? Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Wonderful. That's wonderful. Let's give another clap. That's fantastic. Fantastic. I'm going to invite Brian and Joe to head into the baptismal pool. And uh, Helen, are you going to follow them in? Wonderful. It's actually quite warm. Good, good job. Ish. Warm-ish. I say that because I'm not in it. <laughs> okay, go for it, guys. And again, let's pray. Let's just pray for God's blessing on you.